Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate, and with me, as always, kind of, is Charles, Chuck, Charlie, Lawrence, Thompson. How's it going, man? Oh, pretty good. You seemed real excited coming in there. I was so excited. Yeah, you're on the top of your high horses. Coming in hot. Yeah. For sure. I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling good today, you know? It's We've been a- getting a lot of stuff done, and... Uh, you know, I'm trying to ignore all the crazy, crazy, terrible things that are going on around. And just to, I mean, it's getting nuts out there, man. Completely insane. All of it. I hear they're going to be doing baseball with no fans out there. Which is typical it's, for most parts. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could, if you, if you thought baseball couldn't get any worse, try watching it with no crowd noise. Somehow it's one it's of the most be successful awful. franchises. Of course, that's built on the history like baseball is america's sport right yeah and so the long history but then they built these giant stadiums and there's only like four or five teams that actually fill them up for the most part now during postseason it's a lot it's definitely a lot more packed yeah at every it doesn't matter where the postseason's held but for the most part you have like the yankees the cubs the red Sox, the cardinals surprisingly enough the Dodgers. Yeah. And I think that's like, like it. I'm getting bored even hearing you talk about the baseball teams. Yeah. Themselves. I don't think baseball is America's so sport. So really, it's I, only I those. It's, it's only like five or six teams that aren't going to have any fans. The rest of baseball is baseball as usual. going to be about the same. It's about the same. Now, if they do this, the NFL, which I was talking about over the weekend with some family, I don't see any way that they're going to allow 60,000 people to come into a stadium and go watch a football game. Coming up in August, September, whenever. I think they removed a preseason game this year. Shaping up. So I don't see any way that's going to happen, especially in California, New York, and Chicago, places like that. It's going to be very weird. And if the NFL collapses, that's it. Buy gold, sell everything, move into the woods. That's it. That's the official trigger right there. That's what I'm waiting for, is if the actual NFL season collapses, I'm out, guys. I'm I'm out of here. I won't be able to do the podcast because I won't have any power out in the woods. On the plus side, we might be less depressed because we, because we won't have to watch the Cowboys give dis- us give us hope. Yeah, and I don't care what Barack Obama says. Hope is never a good thing. Never, never, you never want something to give you hope and then crush your dreams. <laughs> the only hope true. you should have is for yourself. Maybe we'll be taking a mental health season potentially for us. If you're a Patriots fan or something, oh well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Tom Brady might, is going to be gone, so maybe maybe no longer for you. But if your team was going to be good, maybe that's bad. But for us, it could be slightly less depressing. That's a good point. Hey, this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast, by the way. Hit that subscribe button. We talk about baseball, football, <laughs> and tennis, a little, a little and bit your of politics, backyard backgammon games. <laughs> well, I even got the down low on the cornhole tournaments. Marie says Cowboys are going twelve and four. I hope so. I love mm. those 12 and 4 seasons with a disappointing postseason loss. The those first, are just so good. The first round. Yeah. You know, <laughs> exit. You know, Dak, if we can spend one more second on this, holding out for that massive contract. I hear yeah. they 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 did give him an, a, just a crazy offer. He wants to be the highest paid player in the NFL. Has done little to nothing, in my opinion, to deserve to be the highest paid player in the NFL. I think maybe after this year, if he does a little bit better, we'll see. But hey, if they give him the contract, then guess what? That's what he's worth. If and you, if he wasn't worth that, they wouldn't give him the contract. So good job for his agents. If you can't tell by my hat, what I'm looking forward to is NASCAR's back this weekend, baby. <laughs> you know they ain't canceling them NASCAR races, boogity, man. Boogity boogity. Boogity boogity. <clears throat> no Look way, at man. Him go. Which is which should have always been the case. They should have never canceled to begin with, besides fans coming. Yeah. Like they still could have televised it and they're in their cars. They don't even t- touch each other their cars touch but they don't even they're not even around you don't each need other. the crowd for nascar the, the crew chief the, the crew they've got their helmets on and stuff that's like wearing a mask yeah they're all vaccinated and <laughs> they're up on their shot they all record. have their shots they're good <laughs> and it's good okay but you know, rubbin's racing pra- race hail praise dale exactly i'm not that big of a nascar fan actually but <laughs> no but uh it's nice to see some sports are back that is that's a that's a positive i hear on the down low, I'm a big Nashville Predators fan for NHL. On the down low, I hear that they're going to do a 
like a 24 team <laughs> playoff. They're just going to go right into playoffs over the summer. No fans. Again, no fans, but the uh, the sports industry stands to lose something like $50 billion or something like that if they don't play at all. If they play some, maybe they only lose like 20 or $30 billion. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's it's uh, it's going to be pretty crazy if we see that collapse as well. I hope I hope that doesn't happen. Listen, there's one hundred and eighty million dollars worth of TV contracts on the line for the NHL. Good you know lord, one hundred eighty million. Man, that's just for the NHL, which is like low level. We might be able to buy sports. a Super Bowl ad this year. <laughs> we potentially. Might. We might. We'll see. We might be able to buy a team. Yeah, after we, this. <clears throat> we could go to a game. I bet. No, <laughs> we wouldn't be able to. We'll have to be part of a team. I yeah. guess. Just, I got to start working out. Just got to buy the team. Yeah, Charlie could walk on as a quarterback right now. Tight end. Tight end, maybe. Linesman. Yeah. After quarantine, linesman. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I don't know. Well, listen, I don't know if that told you that you should subscribe to the podcast, but you definitely should. 92% of people who listen to it end up subscribing, so thank you for keeping those numbers up. We got an email. I'm going to go over real quick. Oh, nice. Got an email from someone, and uh, he said, hey, Nate. I recently saw your post. I recently saw a post on Instagram that really struck a chord with me. It said, "If you think you're free, name five things you can do that aren't taxed, regulated, or illegal." He said it's a very interesting question because even something as simple as mowing the lawn is taxed. Once you consider buying gas for a mower or even the property taxes you pay for the land, I think you and biodiesel. (laughs) (laughs) I think you and Chuck. Would have an interesting perspective on this question. All the best. That's from Dax right there. Thank you for sending it over, Dax. If you guys ever have any good stuff like that, send it over to me, Nate, at goodmorningliberty.us. If you want to complain about something, then send me an email, charlie at goodmorningliberty.us. Go ahead and do that at your own peril. But no, that's a good, that's an interesting point for sure. Can anyone, maybe some of you guys in the live group right now, maybe, maybe some of you guys can name me five things that you can do that aren't taxed regulated or illegal can anyone name that at all Mm. can you come up with some give me one actually someone give me one sleep sleep where 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 are you sleeping i can sleep anywhere yeah yeah are you gonna are you going to sleep anywhere that is not that is not affected by taxation or regulation Mm. it's possible you could where an Indian. Res- Give me this land. An Indian reservation. An Indian reservation. This is yeah. the best thing Charlie could come up with so far. <laughs> Sleeping on an Indian reservation is the number one thing that you could do that is not taxed or regulated. I don't know about that regulation part though. Seems I don't know. I don't know. Uh, they they probably got they they probably got some of their own laws. You guys have <laughs> they've got a few. Listen, we've got a few things. They have a few things going on in the live group. But it's even you know if I want to. Now, physical actions with your body, yeah, you could do that, but... What do you mean by that? Can you do it <laughs> in a space that has not been affected by the taxes or regulation? Is there a, is there somewhere in your life you can go that is not affected by that? I don't really think that there is. It, you know, aside well, from, okay. I can say, I'm sitting right here, I'm talking, I'm breathing, I can sleep, those things, if I take any actions... But if you always ask of, the question, <clears throat> where, then... It's always going to be within the boundaries of taxation and regulation. True. You know, because like, sure, you're free to move about the country and you're actually free to travel on the private, on the uh, the public property that you pay for outside or inside of the hours the government has it open. If they close the parks, you can't go. That's illegal then. Yeah. Even though your tax money paid <laughs> for it. But it's like, okay, so if you always ask the question where, if where is always included, then... Then no. Then it's the answer is absolutely no. Austin it's says nothing. Austin says fifty miles off the coast in international waters. I guess if you swim there, but what if you have to take a boat? I don't know. Seems or seems like what if did you, you have used, access to the beach without you, paying beach taxes? If you used fuel, or if you purchased a boat, or if you uh, rented someone to take you out there, something a uh, not a person, but someone with a boat. And, and their services, that's going to be affected too. I don't like driving 50 miles. Yeah. Could you imagine swimming that? I bet there's a few people that can do it. I'd, that's a long swim. I do that for breakfast. <laughs> I'm still hungry. You swim by 50, the way. It's 50 not miles very filling. for breakfast. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't recommend it as like a source of 
nutrition or anything. <laughs> it's not it's not the best, but yeah, I just wake yeah. up and I swim 50 miles. That's I don't know if you guys know this, but I have an Olympic sized swimming pool in my house, and I swim <laughs> back and forth until I reach 50 yeah. miles. So I yeah. get up at about 1 a.m. All thanks to your so, Patreon support. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, don't exactly have that. But yeah, it's just um, it, everything is taxed. Maybe we can come up with a few a few things, potentially. But are we actually free? <clears throat> no. No. No is the answer. No. And that is now, that's I upsetting. Want, I want to contrast that with it's still technically the freest country. So I... I, I don't want people to be like, oh, well, I'm not technically free, so there's nothing I can accomplish with life. But you have to balance that out with yeah. you still live in the country with the best opportunity to make the most successful life possible. You don't get to use <clears throat> the fact that you're not free as an excuse. No. So I, I'm, I just want to lay that out there at the same time. No, that's that's a good point. I mean, listen, we can acknowledge this and try to change it, but it's not an excuse whatsoever. And it's mm. not a reason to be uh depressed or to not find any hope in anything that's just another thing that you're gonna have to work through rule, and maybe we can work on taking that away sometime but right now it's a part of life and number, we just have to work through it what is it rule number 76 no excuses play like a champ exactly never walk yeah. away from a crasher in a funny jacket exactly so anyway i thank you for the conversation topic dax we we appreciate that gives us something to think about so far, Charlie the, came up with the best thing, which is sleeping on an Indian reservation. And I do not know their tax <laughs> or regulation structure inside of that. At least federal taxes. If someone can beat that. <laughs> I was just trying to think. I was even thinking Antarctica, too, but I'm like, okay, how do you get there? Yeah. By plane or by boat, which obviously is going to be taxed on the way there. So I guess when you get there and then you go to sleep, what I guess whatever you do there, you're not going to be taxed. You know... The, it Dax brought up mowing the lawn and people need to realize the exponential effect of taxation, by the way. I don't know if anyone ever actually thinks this all the way out, but he was talking about your property taxes. You pay for the land, buying the gas, buying the mower. And there's all these taxes on top of that. There's taxes on the companies that sell those things. There's taxes on a lot of the products that end up going into creating those things. There's sales tax. There's income taxes on the companies that were mining or that were that were coming up with the materials and selling those materials to put those things together. The equipment there's they bought to mine. All of it. Yeah. All of it. You going to buy the gas, you're going to get taxed on all the things that you used to do that. There's an exponential effect of taxation that is pretty disgusting and pretty insane if you think about it how much potentially how much cheaper everything could be if we did not have this leech attached to us at all times yeah. which is the the only way i can think of to describe it the legal leech <clears throat> i guess so yeah. if they deem themselves legal that's then right yeah mm -hmm. so anyway tell me tell me about this next one this i just thought this was interesting well, charles as the guys as the as the group the live group mentioned that the the pool that you have thanks to the patreon supporters <laughs> yeah he Sam says, "Oh, it's a Patreon pool. That makes it that makes it our pool." Yeah, exactly. So pool party at your house, which is which is nice. So if you guys want to contribute and be a part of this pool party, you can do that at Patreon.com/slash Good Morning Liberty. And I've got one other thing I got to get out of the way before we dive into this, Nate. Just do one it. thing. Fine. Okay, I'm not going to bore people too bad. It's just this will take 38 seconds. Time me. I mentioned a contest. This last week that we're doing and guys, I want you to be one of the first hundred people to leave us a rating and review. There's not many spots left, a little over 20 spots. That's it. You have 30 so seconds. Get left. in on this contest. Once we le reach that 100 reviews on iTunes, then we are going to unlock a $500 stimulus payment plus a free lifetime subscriptions to mastermytrades.com, which is a Liberty Trading Academy. You can take that $500 and turn it into whatever you want. So I'm going to read you a couple reviews here. Uh, this is one is by Bernie Lies. Some of you guys in the live group are creating multiple iTunes accounts. I know you are. So when you sign up, you're going to have to use your <laughs> iTunes account. Which one was yours? So here, here we go. Hands down, my favorite podcast. I listen daily or whenever they feel like doing it. Nate and Charlie, thank you for getting me through my workday. You guys flip Shapiro off. Thank you guys for all you do. Looking forward to hearing you read this review on your podcast. Boom. 
There you go. Next one, underrated podcast. I know I don't have much time, so I'm going to read through this really quickly. Their You're content way is, over time. Their content is fire. I wish more people would get to listen to clear content with logical thinking instead of other biased media out there. Boom. Thank you, underrated podcast by 1762525. That, that was the user there. So That's anyway, enter that contest. Go leave us a rating and review, and then you'll have a shot at $500 stimulus. Your That's time a, limit was like a government good. budget. I mean, just... No regard yeah. for the actual number whatsoever. Is that as brought to you by Ring by Ink? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So thank you guys very much for those reviews. We yeah. we really appreciate that. That was a word from our sponsor of the station identification. Exactly. Yeah. So there we go. All right. From the Daily Wire. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> it's funny somebody mentioned Shabiro in one of yeah. our reviews. The FBI accidentally releases name of Saudi official suspected of directing support for 9-11 attack. By accident. Oops. Whoops. I, I dropped it. <laughs> the FBI accidentally revealed the identity of a Saudi government official uh, who officials had suspected of helping direct support to two of the Al-Qaeda, uh, or Al-Qaeda, however you want to say it, hijackers that carried out the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks that resulted in the deaths of nearly 3,000 Americans. By the way, this country somehow is still our allies. I know. It's, that's this is, it's really my main point from reading this is in, how insane is this the last i don't know 50 60 years this country happens to be our allies and they've probably killed the most americans in the last 50 60 years it, definitely the last maybe the most deadly attack on american soil since what the the french invasion i don't know coronavirus since coronavirus yeah Yahoo News reported late on Tuesday that the uh, revelation was contained in court documents filed late late last week, which have since been withdrawn in response to a lawsuit from families of the 9-11 victims against the Saudi government. Buried more than 850 words in Yahoo News article, reporter, reporter Michael Isakoff wrote, um, the filing from Jill Sanborn, the assistant director of the FBI's counterterrorism division, says in one instance that it involves any and all records referring to or relating to Jara or Jara. The reference is to. I gave you this one, by the way, so you could read through all this. OK, here you go. You can say guy number one. Now, the reference is to Musahad Ahmad Ajara. A mid-level Saudi foreign ministry official. He's just mid-level. <laughs> who was still waiting for that promotion? Who was assigned to the Saudi uh, embassy in Washington D.C. in 1999 and 2000? His duties apparently included overseeing the activities of Ministry of Islamic Affairs employees at Saudi-funded mosques and Islamic centers within the United States. Relatively, uh, relatively little known. It, Little is known about Jara, of course, because he's only mid-level. So we don't know much about <laughs> mid-level people. Not as famous as those upper-level yeah, people. of course. He's not one of the 2,000 princes. But according to former embassy employees, he reported to the Saudi ambassador in the United States. At the time was Prince Bandar. And that he was later reassigned to the Saudi mission in Morocco. His current whereabouts are unknown, but he's believed to be in Saudi Arabia. Hiding in a cave, more than likely. Mm -hmm. Yahoo News added, That probe, the existence of which has only become public in the past few years, initially focused on two individuals. Fahad al-Tumari, a, Sa a Saudi Islamic Affairs official. He's must not be mid-level because it doesn't say mid-level yeah. here. He's full-level uh, Islamic Affairs officials. And radical cleric who served as the imam of the Fad Mosque in Los Angeles and Omar al Bayami, a suspected, <laughs> a suspected Saudi government I've been agent. Waiting for this this whole time. A suspected Saudi government agent who assisted two terrorists. I'm killing this. <laughs> Khalid Al Mindar and Nuwaf <laughs> Nuwaf Al Hazmi, who participated. I'm crushing these names. Look them up on Google. Pronunciate. All right. Who participated really, since this morning have been like, oh, my God, I'm going to make Charlie read this. It's going to be amazing. And I'm crushing it. You had no idea what my skills were like. Who participated in the hijacking of the American Airlines plane that flew into the Pentagon, killing 125. Was it a plane that flew into the Pentagon? Oh, Charlie, don't even go I, there. I'm not allowed to ask questions. Nope. Former President Barack Obama blocked a bill in 2016 that would have allowed the families of 9-11 victims to sue the Saudi government. <coughs> Why? 
Because his middle name's Hussein, apparently. Gosh. <laughs> Republican majorities in the House and Senate overrode Obama's veto with a 97 to 1 vote in the Senate and 348 to 77 vote in the House. So it didn't matter what Obama said. They overrode that thing. The Yahoo report tried to make it seem like Attorney General William Barr and Acting Director of National Intelligence Richard Greenwall, Grinnell, sorry, were involved in a cover-up because they did not want the information being made public. Grinnell and Barr said that the disclosure could cause significant harm to the national security because publicly disclosing FBI internal documents would reveal sensitive intelligence sources and methods that the U.S. government uses to collect classified information and would damage cooperation from foreign government in future sensitive investigations because they could not want any of their internal documents revealed in public court. Well, of course they wouldn't. Of course, course Saudi Arabia and all of these people that I mentioned here that I pronounced their names perfectly (laughs) on this podcast, of course they wouldn't want any of that information released because we're still somehow allies with the Saudis. That's the crazy thing to me, man. I mean, it's not only that, we give them money. This part is not a conspiracy theory anymore. The the people in the Saudi government helped, you know, whatever your idea of 9-11 is, like, it's not a conspiracy theory that people in the Saudi government helped plan and fund that. And we still, we still have our allies with them. It's crazy. It's completely crazy. And of course they didn't want to put these documents out. That it doesn't just damage national security, it damages their ability to hide this from the American people so we can still be oil allies with Saudi Arabia. Like that that's that's really all it is. You wouldn't want to sway public opinion to looking at Saudi to uh, Saudi Arabia as this terrible, terrible enemy that we have, you would never want that. No. I mean, look at this. Obama blocked the bill that would have allowed those people to sue the Saudi government. And it was so, so ridiculous that he blocked the bill after they proved that the Saudi government helped fund and plan the whole thing. It was so ridiculous that they overrode the veto, which hardly ever happens. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's hardly ever rare. a thing. I mean, now, that, I have a question. <sighs> we went after Osama bin Laden's. We went after him, got him in it. Actually, he was in Pakistan, which uh, there are allies, too. So it was, he masterminded the whole thing. But really, did he mastermind it when they were funded by Saudi Arabia? And the people inside the Saudi government, now, of course, they were mid-level. So maybe that takes the senior level officials off the table. They're like, oh, we didn't know about this. This plausible was brand deniability. Exactly. Plausible <clears throat> deniability, which is another Arabic term. I told the people in the live group that... <laughs> I'm just a mid-level Arabic speaker. Yeah. And so it's not my fault, actually, that I'm not a senior level official Arabic speaker. I'm low level, so I, that's why I still wanted right. you to read this. Right. So anyway, they, of course, they, like you said, plausible deniability. They didn't want, um, although they did technically mastermind it. And I remember George Bush saying, we're going to go after whoever did this. Mm-hmm. And apparently we didn't. We're still not. No, still not. I'm not saying that we need to go start a war or anything, but hey, maybe don't send them any money. Something yeah. like that. Maybe should we, we should at least start there. Maybe we should stop. Or yeah. this $3 trillion additional economic stimulus mm. plan that we're getting ready to talk about, perhaps we could take some of that money that we give to the Saudi government <laughs> and maybe use that. I'm yeah. not saying I'm for bailouts. I'm still against them. <laughs> but if you're going to force me to have them, perhaps we take our foreign aid money and we just transfer that over. I'm just saying that might look better on the the balance sheets. That's you know, I that's I don't insane. Know. That's, that's just a, you thought. just don't care about people dying. Yeah. Yeah, you just don't care about that. I would be like Rand Paul. I've been to Saudi Arabia, by the way. That that's where I've said before that I, I knew what it was like to have someone look at you and they wanted you dead. Like if you've never had someone do that before, then you don't know exactly what I'm talking about. But I've actually I've seen it. I've seen it before. It was crazy. You felt and it, it, and it, you can feel it. I don't know what it is, but you can actually feel it, and it was crazy. Uh, let me tell you what. I don't want to go back there anytime soon, especially now that all this nine eleven stuff is coming out. You know, mm-hmm. I definitely don't want to go there. So, anyway, I just thought that that was interesting information. Though the FBI just accidentally put out the guy's name. They're just accidentally doxing this guy from Saudi Arabia. So no problem. Nothing whatsoever. So listen, here's the big deal. Here's this big deal. The house. Sorry, I got distracted by the live group again. What's going on? 
<laughs> Sam goes, Durka Durka <laughs> Muhammad Jihad. <laughs> God. Durka Durka Durka. If you want to watch live, seriously, you should join because it's a lot of fun. Patreon.com slash Good Morning Liberty. What? You guys are making this a perfect ad for us <laughs> <laughs> to join the group. Oh, Durka Durka Durka. Durka. I just okay. did the signal. We're not doing that. We're talking about the old, old movie called Team America, yeah. just for anyone who's listening right now, don't don't be offended. I didn't say that. It's those evil, evil guys from South Park that said that. Those evil libertarians yeah. from from South Park. So Is anyway. Matt Parker and Trey Stone. Those guys, yeah. <laughs> just them. I just inverted their last names, yeah. I think. Who, anyway. It doesn't matter. Listen, the House Democrats, they put out their new uh, Christmas list real quick. So we got to go through. We got to go through that real quick. It's insane. Listen, the last stimulus bill was $2.2 trillion. And we said, listen. Don't forget, before that, we had like $800 billion or something like yeah. that. So We said at that time, and a lot of other people said too, and we, we know them, and we love them. They're great people. A lot of people said that. This was just a drop in the bucket to what was actually going to be coming from, from this whole coronavirus thing. Now, listen, this is unlikely to pass. But I did just say last week or the week before that they were going to be putting out a massive bill that's going to have to be held over the head of the election before the election happens. And this is the kind of thing that's going to shape up is is a bill like this. So we just had the two point two trillion dollar bill and now they've just put out their three trillion dollar bill. That last one wasn't quite enough. What we need to do is double down on this ideology and then it'll it'll be enough. Then it'll be enough. So from ABC News. House Democrats on Tuesday unveiled a massive $3 trillion coronavirus relief package, which includes another round of direct payments to Americans designed to ease the pandemic's effects on the health care system and the economy. Democratic leaders announced the House will vote on the gargantuan measure this Friday, leaving members with less than three days to pour over the nearly 2,000 page bill. Imagine that. You get three days to read the 2,000-page bill. I bet Thomas Massey is just going nuts about this right now. Not only that, but I think, and maybe it gets to this later in the article, but I'm pretty sure Nancy Pelosi removed like an additional trillion. Yeah. There was $4 trillion to start off with. She thought that was another, ridiculous. Probably another 500 pages. Yeah. And she was like, ah, a little too much. <laughs> a little we'll too much. Reduce this down to 2,000 pages. That'll give them plenty of time to read it before we vote on it tomorrow. Exactly. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, speaking of of Lion Nancy or whatever her name is, defended the cost on Capitol Hill Tuesday. The chairman of the Federal Reserve Bank has told us to think big because interest rates are so low, Pelosi said. It's time for them to take risks with your money, guys. We intend to use those low interest rates to bolster the American people. We must think big for the people now, because if we don't, it will cost more lives and livelihood later. Not acting is the most expensive course. Even well, if, you know, she's going to be dead soon. Yeah, she's not so worried not about gonna, the future ramifications of this. It doesn't matter to her. Yeah. Of course not. Long term does not matter whatsoever. Mm -mm. Even if the measure clears the House on Friday, the vote is expected to be highly partisan and straight down party lines. There are roadblocks in the Senate where Republicans have said countless times now that they don't see an imminent need for another emergency relief package. The House is also expected to vote on a remote voting resolution Friday, which does not appear to have Republican backing. According to a summary of the measure, the package would provide nearly $1 trillion in relief for state, local, and tribal governments. Of that amount, $500 billion would go towards states. So we got this $1 trillion in relief for all of your local governments packed in there for sure. It will include a second round of direct payments of $1,200 per family member up to $6, and up to $6,000 per household. Because you can include three, three you can children. Include in your there. children in there. The package also extends unemployment benefits, ensuring weekly six hundred dollar federal unemployment payments will continue through January twenty twenty one. For the rest of January twenty twenty one, the current extension is set to expire in July. It also provides for one hundred and seventy five billion in new funding to assist renters and homeowners with their monthly rent and mortgage payments. The bill will also establish a two hundred billion dollar Heroes Fund. For essential frontline workers, ensuring those workers who risk their lives throughout the pandemic receive hazard pay. Oh, good Lord. Are they, um, listen, 
the, it's the worst thing to pick on is the Heroes Fund selection of this, but anyone who works in a hospital is risking their lives every single day. And what about, I mean, there's all kinds of heroes around. There's We need hazard pay for anyone who risks their lives, I guess, on a yearly basis, right? Yeah. But then you look, I mean, typically your police officers and people like that are among some of the lowest paid professions. I mean, who's risking their lives more than firefighters and police officers? How about military members? Things like that. I was <clears throat> talking to my girlfriend yesterday because she's a nurse and, you know, she was like, oh man, she was at work yesterday, but um, she missed the flyover. The Tennessee National Guard did a flyover for the, for the heroes. Mm. And I was like, man, imagine, I didn't say like, you're not supposed to be celebrated. Obviously you are like, it's, you know, you are on the front line, you're in the ER, you're dealing with people that could potentially affect you, all of that. I, I agree. But imagine instead of them spending millions of dollars on that flyover, they just put gave that money to you. <laughs> like just transfer that over. That really that, shouldn't spend the money anyway, but that that conversation didn't go over well. Yeah. I'm didn't. sure it didn't. No. No. no that, it's, the, it's the idea. Yeah, I could matters. Yeah, I couldn't get that conversation going. So I quit. So $75 billion would go towards testing, contact tracing, and isolation measures. Mm, okay. It also provides $3.6 billion for... Someone's at my door. I'll turn that on silent. It also provides $3.6 billion for contingency planning, preparation, and resilience for of elections for federal office. So an extra $3.6 billion dollars just thrown in there don't worry all the taxes that you pay for the rest of your life unless you become one of the richest people ever will not even pay for this contingency planning don't think about it that way it's super depressing the measure also bolsters the small business loan program with another 10 billion for emergency grants through the economic injury disaster loan program 10 billion for small businesses and mm. hundreds and hundreds of billions for all kinds of other stuff you know this is a very, very much in contrast to what we talked about yesterday with Denmark, where you know how they protected their economy or whatever? They made money available for businesses so the businesses could keep paying their workers through this whole thing. So their unemployment rate is really low because they basically said to the businesses, we'll cover whatever your labor costs are. In the U.S., that's known as a corporate bailout. That's what that's known as. So we can't do one of those. But we want to be like Denmark, but we don't want to do what Denmark did. Anyway, that always gets confusing. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Sources check out check out yesterday's episode yeah. so you can understand <laughs> what we're talking about. Sources have told ABC News this package is largely a messaging bill and a choice for rank and file members to get their priorities on the record. Thank you for spending all this time just so you can get your priorities on record. Democratic members have grumbled in recent weeks because they were shut out of negotiations as the other measures were all mostly crafted behind closed doors within leadership. This is something Justin Amash talks about a lot, <coughs> where he's like, you have the highest ranking members. They work with the administration or corporations or other people. They're behind closed doors. You're not allowed to enter. They write all this bill. Then they put it on the floor and you've got 24 hours to vote on it. Yeah. It's like, what the hell, man? Like you're not allowing me to do my job. My job is to help craft legislation and debate about different parts of legislation and put all these things together. And then we, everybody understands what's going on and then we vote on it. But no, that's not the way it works anymore. We have to let the special interests actually craft the legislation. And then we have to make it so big that people can't possibly read it. And if you vote against it, well, you're actually voting for death. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what you're voting for. That's who you are. The latest bill, if it passes both chambers of Congress, would become the largest, most expensive spending package in U.S. history, trumping the $2.2 trillion measure from just a couple months ago when we had the largest and most expensive package in U.S. history. And you know Trump has to sign it. Well, if it actually goes through. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's that's the thing, which I don't listen. I don't think this specific bill is going to go through the Senate. I don't really see this happening. Uh, that, Like they said, the the rank and file members getting their priorities on the record is probably the point of this, which goes to show you that they're just politicians and they're not actually trying to craft a piece of legislation that they actually think is going to be passed. They're just trying to send a message. So they don't really have any sense of urgency either on this. So, Sam says so brave. So brave. The, the Democrats are so brave. Oh, man. Republicans too. They're both. Yeah. 
so brave. They're the they're actually the real heroes. That's what this hero fund is for. That's what it's them. It's for yeah, it's for them for being so brave in crafting this legislation. That's, exactly. I'm, I'm, that's true. That's no that's one. It. I bet Nancy Pelosi even had her head on a de- on her desk for a while. She was sad. She was sombering. She was very somber. Yeah. So somber. Yeah. And sad. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, <laughs> who knocked good. the bill as liberal wish list on Monday, kept up the attack Tuesday. We're going to insist <laughs> go on, no, on doing narrowly targeted legislation if and when we do legislate again, and we may well, that addresses the problems, the needs, and not the aspirations of the Democrat majority in the House, McConnell told reporters Tuesday during his weekly press conference. Look, we can't spend enough money to prop this economy up forever, McConnell stated bluntly. People need to be able to begin to be productive. Poorly worded, Mitch. People need to be able to begin to be productive again. That obviously... <laughs> it's like a rap almost. It's a lot. People yeah, need to be able to begin to, get those to be productive syllables again. in there. <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to imagine Mitch McConnell rapping that out. It's not good. I'll tell you that. I think you do a pretty... A pretty damn good Mitch McConnell. You think? Just go ahead. Just finish it out. I can't. Oh man. No, I can't now. The pressure. The pressure's too high. Uh, Maybe later. I gotta. I gotta try and perfect it a little bit more. All right. That obviously means he's. This is continuing from Mitch. That obviously means that you need to move forward consistent with the CDC guidelines that have been laid down by the healthcare professionals toward opening up the economy. It's the only solution to the dilemma with which we are confronted. Very proper English to finish it out, though. Mm. Good job. With which we hath been thoused confronted, Mitch. So listen, uh, McConnell has said Senate Republicans would go forth hence in introducing legislation <laughs> to offer legal liability protections to businesses, healthcare providers, and the makers of protective gear to prevent what he warned could be a second epidemic of frivolous lawsuits. That's probably, I mean, that's going to be the case. A bunch of skeezy lawyers are just chomping at the bitch, right? And maybe it's the lawyers that did this. That's what it is. <clears throat> this doesn't sound much different than Democrats. It's not a whole, know. Uh, you know, it's it's not a lot, not, not a whole lot different. Just a little, it's same, still same, but different. Pelosi, for her part, has said Democrats are not interested in supporting any immunity from liability for any of these companies or healthcare providers. This new bill requires the Occupational Safety and Health Administration to issue a strong national standard within seven days requiring all workplaces to implement infection control plans and prevent retaliation against workers who report problems. All right. There's one, you know, there's a really big problem just kind of over the top of this entire conversation here, and and it's pretty simple. We don't have any money. We don't have any money at all. We're $27 trillion in debt, whatever the actual number is after the last stimulus package. $27 trillion in debt. We are choking off the economy, which is the only place that the government gets money, by the way. They they extort money from the economy, from the productive, and then they put it to mostly non-productive uses. And they've completely choked off their way of actually obtaining an income. But now they're saying that they're going to pay out more money. It's it's really weird. It, I don't, you know, they're not even just really weird. It's kind of infuriating. Like, uh, this is obvious. There isn't any money. Especially when you're shutting off the economy. When you're shutting down the economy, which creates the money that you siphon to do all your amazing and virtuous heroic things, then you can't expect to keep spending money on things. I don't know how much more clear. Are there any more ways that we can say this that will make any sense whatsoever? It's like you got this spigot that's sending water out. There's a little water faucet. And you're carrying pails of water out to people. And then you're like, we're going to give free water to everyone from this. Also, I'm going to turn off the water spigot. But we're going to promise everyone more water. And and that's what we're going to do. Does that make sense? You have the Republican leader saying... That, yeah, we're fine with that as long as we narrowly target the legislation to the Democratic needs and not their aspirations. Yeah. So Democratic leaders present us your needs, which are all of them, by the way, 
And you know, the Republican leadership is fine with passing it. No big deal. You want to know why? You want to know why? Because, as I mentioned before, 80% of Americans, they're fine with it. They think that the government controls the source of the money. They think that the governments are the, are the ones that can just write checks. They have an unlimited amount of money. And 80% of Americans approve. Because why, why wouldn't you approve if you didn't understand? It's and if like, you're going to have a benefit from it and you don't think you're going to have to pay out anything towards it. Yeah. Why would you be upset? Like, you're not going to worry about the income. You don't have an income. Yeah. You're... Your your job's gone. You're telling me your company went down. Of course, you're fine with accepting this money. You're telling me they're going to pay me an extra twenty four hundred dollars a month until January twenty twenty one. They're going to give me mortgage insurance on the the house that I bought that was too big and I shouldn't have bought it anyway. And they're going to give me all this assistance until next year. You're telling me that's what they're going to do? Sure. I don't I don't care about my kids' future. They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. These heroes of ours. They'll figure it out. No, well, they're a lot smarter than we are. That's why they got elected to make these kind of hard decisions like this. Yeah, it's I don't know how we could actually explain this to someone where they would actually listen. I've been trying to come up with good ways to do it. But this whole shutting off the economy thing and then acting like you can spend more money than you were. We were already running massive deficits with the economy pumping like like it was a few months ago. We were already a trillion dollar deficit. We already have inflation. These things are already happening. And now we're doing this. And now we're we're creating this massive problem, which has already been done, by the way. We've we've crashed the economy. It's gonna be really tough to get back to where we were. And now we're in a position where the government's gonna have to fix yet again another government created problem. And you gotta ask yourselves uh, when is when is enough enough? When is this going to be too much money. When is the dollar going to fail? When are all of these things going to happen to the point where they can't print enough money to even pay the people that print the money? I know they don't really print the money. You get it. You get it. They can't type in enough money to pay the people who code in the money into the software, whatever. When is that, when is that going to happen? And then when are we actually going to start realizing that your only solution for this problem is to be reliant on yourself and not anyone else and to find a way to create your own income? I don't I don't know when people are going to do this. This is something that's really important to me, by the way, is trying to find a way to create your own income. This is as good a time as any to talk about MasterMyTrades.com. Listen, trading's really risky and you have to be really good at managing your risk, but this is why I love trading every day so much and you can find anything whether it's making things at home and selling it on etsy or if you want to do some kind of a subscription service for something or maybe blow up a youtube channel and sell ads on the video something like that to be a tiktok endorser yeah be be on tiktok and blow up in some kind of way on there whatever it is but i think we're going to see a really big shift towards people finally realizing that they're going to have to create their own income and not be dependent on someone else. That's my hope anyway. If we can actually maintain the system enough that that can even be possible, that it's not just massive you know, starvation and poverty to the point that we can't even imagine, I don't think that's going to happen. But I think people will, will hopefully realize that you're going to have to be the source of your income you're going to have to be the person that you're dependent on. We're going to have to be okay with the fact that there are risks in life. We said this a bunch of times. Coronavirus is a cause of death for human beings, and it more than likely will be for the rest of our lives. You, When we get to a place of acceptance with that, which I think a lot of people are, because a lot of people are starting to go outside and do things, when we now cook in that risk. We associate that risk with living like we do getting in a car. You know, we get in the car and we know that there's a risk of dying. Every single time that you drive somewhere, there's a risk of dying. Maybe you're a perfect driver. Maybe some drunk driver, someone who's falling asleep, something bad's going to happen. I was in the car one time going across a bridge on the interstate and the back left wheel fell off while I was going across the bridge going 75 miles an hour. It's pretty scary. Like, that's a risk of getting in a car and everyone knows it. And your, your parents, when they put you in a car with your friends, they know that when you get in the car and you go to work, you know that we've all accepted this risk. And we know that if we outlawed driving, we could probably save 40,000 people 
from dying in car accidents. But we all realize that more people would die from the economic depression on the back end, that that would not be worth saving those lives. And this this conversation is going to have to continue to be had. We've got 82,000 people that have died from coronavirus, and that's terrible. We're vehemently against death here at the Good Morning Liberty podcast. We don't Very want anyone it. to die. But at what point does it become obvious when you're creating millions dying from starvation around the world <clears throat> that this risk was not worth our reward, which is just going to end up being more human death from other causes? Like, the, it's... It's getting very frustrating. I, I realized yesterday, I listened back a little bit, and I sounded really mad while I was talking. And this is getting, this is getting frustrating as it as it always has been, and it's getting frustrated to the point where, you know, some of the emotions are 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 boiling over, because this is actually affecting people's lives. People are going to die from this. People who would not have otherwise died are going to die from the government's. Terrible, terrible economic response to this, which was to shut down the economy. People will die from this, and it will more than likely be more people than would have died from the coronavirus. I don't know that for sure. I'm not a doctor. I don't do projections for a living. That's not what I do, but I do study a heck of a lot of economics, and I do know that bad economics has killed tens to hundreds of millions of people it's the number one leading cause it's of death the number probably. one cause of death throughout time is someone deciding that they can control the productive aspects of people's lives that they have ownership over that in whatever kind of way it was whether it was some form of slavery whether it was some form of dictatorship whether it was a form of communism fascism whatever it was more people have died from that from people deciding that they get to decide whether or not people own themselves and whether or not people can be productive and exchange value with one another. More people have died from that from anything. You can talk about how far our civilization could have advanced at a much sooner point in time. Maybe a thousand years ago, if human beings weren't living the way that we were, and we actually allowed human beings to be free. And that was a, a, a normal thing like it is now. You know, what, how many, what would our technology be at right now? How many more people would have lived throughout all those years? I'm telling you, bad economics kills people. This is very serious. When we come from this standpoint and we say these shutdown is terrible, it is because I truly believe, and we will see the numbers probably 10 years from now, I truly believe that this shutdown will kill far more people than the coronavirus ever would have. We're not going to eradicate it like California wants to. Like they say that it's going to have to be zero, zero deaths from coronavirus before the reopening. Illinois basically said, get out. If you haven't already left the state, get out. You know, these states like this, we're not going to get to zero deaths from coronavirus. That will never happen at all. You know, maybe someone will create something that's going to eradicate it. I don't know. Maybe someone's going to create an amazing vaccine that has a hundred percent outcome, and but then you'll have COVID twenty, yeah, COVID then twenty one, twenty two. From still my, the flu, it, it is it is my projection that since we've known about the flu for a hundred years and we've gone through several variations of vaccines and therapeutics for it, that this is going to take a very very long time before we reach zero deaths from coronavirus. So we cannot just keep the economy shut down until that point. It's literally not possible. doesn't matter if we can all sit around and cry about the deaths from coronavirus. They're all terrible. It is literally not possible to keep doing this. It's impossible. So anyway, speaking of vaccines. Well, and this is a, you know, if you want to get a little, I'm, I'm, well, I want to preface this with. Democide. <laughs> That's one of the better ones I've heard. Yeah. Democide. If you want to get, uh, well, I've heard this circulating, you know, Bill Gates is obviously an evil person and he, he wants to do this vaccine just to inject you with aborted fetuses and all this stuff. Look, I think it's nonsense. Um, Bill Gates has obviously done a lot of good in the world. I think he's, I think that completely outweighs the conspiracy theories going on about him, but believe what you want. Um, I think when you have a lot of money and you put it to good use, I, th I think that's a good thing. So I think it's a good thing that Bill Gates has all this money. So anyway, this coming out of Bloomberg, Bill Gates coronavirus vaccine could be ready in 12 months. 
Nice. Billionaire Bill Gates Foundation will focus all of its resources on fighting the coronavirus, according to the Financial Times. The philanthropist and founder of Microsoft Corporation said that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, with an endowment exceeding $40 billion, will give total attention to the pandemic that has killed more than 200,000 and is ruling economic, uh, economies around the world, he said in an interview with the newspaper. You're going to have economies with greatly reduced activity levels for years, Gates said. The pandemic could cost the global economy tens of trillions of dollars. The foundation has contributed $250 million to help counter the coronavirus and is repurposing the units dedicated to fighting other diseases to join in the battle against the pandemic. Quote, we've taken an organization that is focused on HIV and malaria and polio eradication and almost entirely shifted it to work on this. Uh, WHO, who, not the band, is clearly very, very important and should actually get extra support to perform their role during this epidemic, Gates said. He said he doesn't believe Trump will follow through on his threat to withdraw funding for the WHO. Now, I think the World Health, World Health Organization should be punished for helping China cover up some things because it seems like early indications is that those accusations are true according to preliminary intelligence reports. It seems like they were helping to cover it up or to downplay it to downplay when it first started. It. Yes. Um, and the other thing is, is that I think having the private sector uh, with a person who's got $40 billion of money to play with, just play with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for him to choose to focus on something that is going to, like we said, cause significant economic damage, regardless of the actual deaths, the virus, the virus itself causes the economic ramifications are going to be <clears throat> felt for many years. And I agree with him on that. And so I think it's a good thing. Uh, and I know there's a lot of Bill Gates haters out there, but uh, I just don't see anything wrong with this. I just, I hope, you know, if he, if he comes up with something good for it, why not be happy about that? It's his money. Um, if he comes up with something good, let's be positive about that. We'll see what he does. Uh, it's not as if he's stealing that money from us or anything like that. So, you know, I was going to ask, he said he's going to be shifting all of their resources away from HIV, malaria, and polio. He's obviously been very worried about diseases that are still killing a lot of people in Africa. Why do you think he would shift resources away from fighting those diseases to try and fight this? What, why do you think he would do that? I think it's because he knows that the economic downturn from this is going to kill more people in Africa than those diseases are. Yeah. I think, I think he really knows that. And I don't know if he's only thinking about Africa when he's making this decision, but he's obviously trying to save lives over there. He's trying to put out vaccines and, and get those out there to the people. I think he knows that if the people are starving to death, their malaria vaccine is not really going to do much good. And he knows that he needs to shift all the resources to, to curing this now so we can try and get back on track. That's just my, that's my assumption from the matter. So I don't know. He's, he seems like a pretty smart guy. I don't, I don't know him personally. Any of the conspiracy theories could be totally true. I don't know whether or not they are true or not. I, they are completely possible. It is possible that they are true. It is possible that they are not. So we'll just, we'll go from there. Sam said, if you've ever used windows, you can't trust that man on how to prevent or stop viruses. <laughs> I was literally, I hope he's going to, uh, going to team up with Norton on this. Hopefully we'll see. Or maybe McAfee. Maybe, maybe, maybe McAfee or McAfee, however you say it. Yeah. I don't know. John. I wonder if it's going to be like <laughs> updates. Like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm still working on COVID-19, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of crappy. It's, it's nothing like covid Nothing like COVID-25. It's pretty good. <laughs> COVID-20 was terrible. It barely ran. Right. But, uh, you know, COVID-19, that classic, classic 20 had a bunch of bugs in it. And uh, 25, the new update, is going to be really good. Yeah. So it's With good. With a security breach we don't know about. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. So that's that's really all I, had, all I had pulled up for this. Any of these conversations you guys have online with anyone about this stuff, listen, um, we don't have any money. The government only has money that it takes from the economy. You cannot shut off the economy and say that the government is going to spend more money at the same time. You can't do that. If you're going to at least be arguing that the government's going to be spending more money, 
then you need to be reopening the economy at the same time. That is the only way that the government ever has any money. Their tax receipts are going to be way down this year, drastically, drastically down. Income taxes, capital gains taxes, corporate income taxes, all of them are going to be very much down and their expenditures are going to be way, way up, like twice as much as what they spent the previous year. This is simply not possible. This can't, this can't go on. We're not going to get the coronavirus number to zero. We're going to have to end the lockdown, hashtag in the lockdown. We're going to have to reopen the economy and we're going to have to accept the risk or find a way to work out of your own house in some kind of way and not have to go out in public. But it's not, it's, it's just, it's not going to work. It's not going to work long term. And I don't know if these, I don't know if the people in Washington really care about that at all. They probably only care about around up to the first week of November. And then I'm imagining we'll have a completely different path depending on what happens then. So, yeah. And something you mentioned earlier that I think that is so important. um, Well, I guess this kind of ties the whole show together. You know, granted, we, we live in a society where you can't really, you're not that free because no matter what you do, you're taxed or regulated on it. So you're not really free. But at the same time, I mentioned you live in a country that has the greatest opportunity ever in front of you still. And so I think it's a great time, as you mentioned, to focus on, you know, taking personal responsibility for yourself and making sure that you are in a position to be adaptable to situations like this, to to pandemics and and government spending money it doesn't have and inflation and the economy shutting down and all of those different types of things. It is so important for you and your family not to be one of the 35 million people who lost their jobs uh, and to be able to adapt and, and, you know, work around these types of things. And it's not saying that, you know, even our, in our healthcare business, you would think like, oh, healthcare is something that's never going away. But at the same time, this in the middle of a pandemic, you have hospitals bleeding cash, right? And, and so it's possible that our healthcare business could suffer a bit uh, during this time. Uh, as, as time goes on, depending on how the economy works its way out. But that's why you have other avenues and other, other things to keep uh, yourself and your personal responsibility going for you and your family. And it's up to you to do that. Uh, and so I think that's the most important thing that we can all take away from this. It's I'm, I'm an Enneagram seven. So I look for hope in the future. And if there's any light at the end of the tunnel, it's you taking responsibility for yourself and not relying on government to pass a stimulus check to make sure you get un- unemployment and a stimulus and all of that. It's, it's not relying on any of that. It's making sure you make too much money that where you don't qualify for the stimulus. Yeah, <laughs> that's that what would it be is. Better. Yeah, and, and and that way, you know, you're you're part of the grassroots solution. <laughs> You know, this starts at the grassroots down at the home fronts. Down at the ga- the grassroots. Yeah, down on Oklahoma. And so, if everyone becomes that person, we won't have to rely on the government anymore. It'd be it'd be absolutely amazing. So, I think that's the number one thing we can take away from all this. That's the the stick on the candle burning. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Jeff made a good point. A live group. Are they going to be putting the microchips in the vaccine? Is that how they're finally going to do this? <laughs> is that how? I don't know. Is this how this I works? Know. I don't know, doctor. That felt kind of weird. <laughs> something moving up my arm. I feel like there's, did you leave something in there? We'll, we'll see. If you guys want to interact live with us, go to patreon.com slash good morning Liberty. Just five bucks a month gets you the, the, the privilege and the right of interacting in this live group with us. We love these guys that come in here and hang come in here and hang out with us every single day. It's fun. It makes the podcast more fun. It uh, gives us cool talking points throughout the podcast. So if you want to get in here and get in on that action, it's five bucks a month. Go into patreon.com slash good morning liberty. And if you're interested in doing a little bit more than that, we can run Facebook ads for people. We had someone pick uh, two people pick Second Amendment articles, uh, someone do a healthcare article, running ads from our Facebook page on those things. So if you're interested in getting in a 15 bucks and you also get a nice, beautiful, less government, more freedom coffee mug sent directly to your door, no contact delivery from, from last time that I heard. So you don't have to worry about touching any of those dirty people out there. Yeah. So the, yeah, that's patreon.com slash good morning liberty. Charlie, take us out. Yeah. The other thing you guys can do is I mentioned the contest. So make sure you go leave us a rating and review. Be one of those first hundreds for five bonus entries. And that's a $500 stimulus from the boys 
here at Good Morning Liberty, which is much better than the government because this is volunteering. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm volunteering this money out. I'm not forcing you to pay for it at all. I'm, I'm going to give it away. And who doesn't need 500 bucks right now? I think we all could use it. And then you can invest that if you want to. And you get a lifetime subscription to MasterMyTrades.com where you can learn how to turn that $500 into whatever you want to turn it into. It's, that's up to you. Uh, or you can spend it on the gas in your lawnmower to, to mow your yard, whatever. It's up to you. So enter that contest. Go leave us a rating and review and share the show with a friend. Guys, please keep sharing. We appreciate all that you do. And we love coming here every single day when we want to, to do this for you. So if you guys do all of that, then we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.